Hello, my name is Eric Levine, and I'm on the most important podcast, The Root of All Success, with the real Jason Duncan. And we got into some heavy things about success, about passion, about legacy, about what is so important today. And on our talk, we got into the kids and how they're learning and what they need to have when they graduate how they can be beautiful people with an open mind, passionate about life. And passion was one of the words that we used throughout the interview. And there's a lot of tips that Jason came up with, some that I came up with, but this was a fantastic 45 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. I know you're going to pick up some tips, so please watch it. And thank you for even listening to me. Thank you. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey, welcome to another episode. It's your pal, Jason Duncan, the real Jason Duncan. You can call me Jason or you can call me JD, whatever you want to call. I will uh, be happy to listen. Today, I've got Eric Levine on the show today. He is the man behind Gold's Gym. He's also the man behind 24 Hour Fitness. He's the man behind Crunch Fitness. If you have been any, if you've seen anything in the fitness industry for the last 30, 40 years, this guy has been involved. He's going to tell stories about how he bought the rights to Gold Gym for 200 bucks and how he gave it back to the original. Well, not the original. There was a second owner, but you'll you'll hear the story today. Uh, but he ended up selling his gyms for $1.8 billion. Only has a four, 14, let's see, he was eighth grade. So about eighth grade education. Dropped out of school, he's 14. And his mom got to see him hit his success before she was able, before she passed away. So he was very grateful for that. He's going to share all these stories and more today on the show. So I want you to listen really closely as we go into this. But before we get in, I do have one thing I want to make a make a note of. I'm, I, I have three spots open right now for my coaching program. And uh, this is a high level coaching program. It's only for entrepreneurs like you who are doing at least three million a year or more in annual revenue that want to figure out how to get to the next level. And that next level could be scaling, could be exiting, it could be exit without exiting, whatever you want to do. That's what I do. And I only take a certain number of clients per year and I have three slots open right now. So if you're interested in looking at one of those three slots in the Exeter program, uh, I want you to go to my website. It's therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching. So therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching. And on that page, there is an application for you to apply and to schedule a breakthrough call with me. And that's a free call that you and I will get to sit down and talk about your goals, what you're trying to accomplish, and how I can get you more quickly to where you want to go than you would be able to do that on your own. I'm only taking, there's only three slots right now. So if you're interested in one of those three slots, go to therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching. Now, let me go ahead and let's welcome Eric Levine to the podcast. Eric, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you very much for having me. I, I, I'm excited to be here. I know you're at the top of the top of podcasters and you're my friend, so it's not going to be too brutal. <laughs> Well, Eric, thank you for for joining me today, all the way from your home, and uh, you're you're in California, right? Yeah, you're in LA Los area. Angeles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm here in the Nashville area. Day after the Fourth of July is when we're recording this. Did you guys have big fireworks and all that kind of yeah, stuff yesterday? We, we did. It was really nice. It was beautiful. We went out. I went out riding my motorcycle yesterday. Yesterday morning, I got out and rode by myself. I bought a new motorcycle about a month ago, so I just went out and rode it because I haven't had a chance to ride. And then last night, my wife and I got on the other bike and we went out riding and watched watched the fireworks. And we ended up going to 
there's a there's a hospital here in our town that has a parking garage that's like seven stories tall. And so we went to the top of the parking garage. <laughs> we could stand up there and see 360 degrees all the way around Beautiful. and see the fireworks. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Fourth of July, burning money, literally burning <laughs> money. We just buy something and we light it on fire. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about you, man. Uh, so you have, as, as I said in the intro, is that you, you've been instrumental in Gold's Gym all across Canada. First licensee for that. And then you built 24-hour uh, or California Fitness in Asia. And I saw, you know, when we, we've met, uh, obviously outside the podcast world, we've met and I've watched some of your stuff live. You speak and show videos and it's pretty, pretty killer. I, let's start with the video. Uh, let's start, not the video, but let's start with the explanation of the Gold's Gym thing. Cause I think that story was re really, really phenomenal. So you were the first licensee. So tell us about how you found out who Gold was and how it got started and how you ended up with the with the brand. Yeah, okay. So uh, it was very exciting time. The Gold's Gyms had, at, at the time that I was working out there, the Schwarzeneggers, the Ferrignos, and all that. And at the time, men and women didn't work out like in the Jack LaLanne spas. Women would work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Men would work out the other days. It wasn't co-ed all over the world. So I'm working out at Gold's Gym. And the women at that moment, they let in three or four. I don't like to use the word biker girls, but they were biker girls. They were more scary than Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and I'm standing at the front desk because I used to work out, the, work out all the time there. And this very beautiful girl comes in. And she says to me, she thinks I work there. She said, would you train me and get me in shape? And she looked like she was in great shape. I said, you talking to me? She says, yeah. I said, do you see the people in here? You're not intimidated by what you see? She says, I think it's kind of cute and interesting. And I said, well, you think your friends would be interested? She says, yeah, this is kind of a hip thing. And the light bulb went on in my brain and I said, this is it. It was God talking to me in my ear because I was an actor and we were going to shoot in Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras was canceled because of a strike of the union. And I asked God, I said, show me what to do. That was the night before. And this girl's talking to me saying, I have to get ready for a Playboy shoot. And I think you could get me in great shape. And the lights went on full on neon. And I said, that's it. I'm going to buy the name Gold's Gym and take it back to, I'm Canadian, back to Toronto, Canada. So I go over it and I had about $10,000 to my name saved up. And I'm prepared to give the owner, his name is Pete Grumkowski, the whole thing to get the name and uh, take it to Toronto. So he was a friend of mine. I go over to him and I say, hey, Pete, I want to buy your name. He's Mr. World, you know, he says, what do you want to buy Pete for? <laughs> so I said, not Pete, Pete, the muscle man, the gold's gym with the barbell, the cartoon, the name. And when he said that I dropped my asking price down from 10 grand to 2,500. So he, he says, well, we already have a gym here. So I'm going to take it to Canada, that strange country above us and open up Gold's Gyms. And he said, well, how much are you going to pay me? I said, $2,500. He looked at me. There was that hesitation. And I don't know what he's thinking. And he says, when can you get me the $2,500? I ran to Bank of America, gave him $2,500 cash. We signed a, an agreement on a piece of paper. And that was the story. I bought it for $2,500. That year in T-shirts and sweatshirts and tank tops alone, I did 500,000 besides <laughs> oh the gym God. that I had opened. And uh, yeah, it was, I hit it right. I changed it a bit uh, from Gold's Gym to Gold's Fitness Center for women and men. The colors, I did everything I could to invite the women. All of my ads were couples in shape, but no muscles, no muscle men, nothing. And I did hired a great PR lady. And she got us on all the women's shows. And we talked about how, you know, it's so important. Jane Fonda had just come out uh, with her video about exercise. And that was the time. So it was a big success. And we opened up all through Canada and a few in California. And that's how it all started for me. 
uh, owning as an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. So you bought that you bought the license, the right from this Pete guy who started Gold's Gym. You bought the license to take it and to have all of Canada. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For twenty five hundred bucks. His How name, many gyms did he have in the U.S. at the he time? He just had that the one main Venice Beach where, you know, if you looked in the window, you thought you were in Jurassic Park. I mean, <laughs> these guys, I could hide behind their leg. And it was it, the discipline, the power, the passion that you saw. I mean, you know, we all go to different gyms and people often say to me, well, yeah, I have a gym in my house or a gym in my apartment. You know, when you find the right place, when they're going 100 percent by osmosis or fear, <laughs> you start lifting, you start doing your best. And that's something that perpetuates in everything you do. You got to be around the people that are ahead of you and watch what they do. Be part of that, that emotion. And that's, you know, when you went, walked into Gold's Gym at that time and God, you know, God forbid they'd ask you to work in, you know, you got a hundred pounds on there, putting 300 pounds on and a couple of 45 pound plates. And, and you look at, you know, and I'm talking about the women in there. <laughs> yeah. You better, you better do your best. And it's like that in life. You know, if you're golfing, you better be golfing with better people than you, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I learned. A so lot. you, so you made, so you, you turned your $2,500 investment into half a million dollars just in merch sales. Yes. How, like how much of that did you, and, and this is probably getting into details, but just out of curiosity, sure. how much did Pete profit off that? Because obviously you're taking his name. How did he, did he, did he come back to you and go, Holy crap, this is amazing. Thank you for doing this. Or what was What happened to Pete after? Well, you, hear, you know, when I, when I first went to Toronto, naturally I registered the name Gold's Gym under my name for, for Canada. And my lawyer says, you know, why don't you register it for the whole world? said, how, how is that? He says, no one's registered it. So I, I, I did it. You know, it cost me like $200. And now I'm the owner of Gold's Gym, not Pete Kronkowski. He bought it from Joe Gold. So I go back to Venice Beach because I have to do something. I said, Pete, who do you think owns Gold's Gym? He says, me. I said, no, no, me. He says, no, no, you only own Canada. I said, you didn't register it for the Anybody could have taken it. The logo, the trademark, the name, everything. So I gave it back to him for the 50 or $200 it cost me because I'm not like that. I don't believe in that. And uh, I just started, I had learned a lot of marketing from my previous years working as a geo at Club Med. And I don't know if your listeners know about Club Med, but they were these resorts all over the world. And I watched the magnificence of their marketing and their hiring. And I took the essence of Club Med and I brought it with me as an entrepreneur to my Gold's Gyms in Canada. And I used the same, you know, they had a commercial on TV, just a, a pretty lady with her hair blowing back on the beach. And it's, they said, Club Med, the antidote to civilization. And when you, this is way before Walkmans and everything, when you open that door, you thought Van Halen was there. I mean, we had it on maximum, maximum power. When you came into our club, you were in a different place, like it or not. And I used a lot of that technique, their techniques to really be different in my club. So you bought the rights to Gold Gym for, or to, for Canada from Pete. Yes. You go up there, you work with your attorney, you decide to register the trademark for Gold Gym worldwide, but end up selling it back to Pete for the 200 bucks it costs you to do it. Yeah. So he he ultimately kept Gold's Gym, oh, yes. but you said, I can go do this on my own. So you went out and did your own gym later. So, to, so what did you start? I know at some point you partnered with Ray Wilson Family Fitness Center. Yeah. And like, how did that, how did all that work? Because I know part of your story is getting into Asia pretty big. Yeah. So I, I built it to a six, six clubs in Toronto and a couple, I partnered with one of the other owners of Gold's Gyms in Santa Barbara. And one day this young guy came to the club and he said, I want to buy your company. He uh, owned the McDonald's for Ontario and they used to be able to do that. You could buy the entire franchise at that time, talking about 1980. 
1980, 81. And uh, so I ended up selling it to him and had some good money. And before that, I had gone to Las Vegas and I saw this club called Family Fitness Center. And I thought my gyms were, you know, really good. And I looked at his club. I had six life cycles. I thought I was really cool. He had 50. And he was selling for about a third of what I was selling for. And I heard his name was uh, Ray Wilson. And somehow a friend of mine connected me with Ray Wilson before I had sold. And he said, I want to be your partner. So I had sold my Gold's Gyms. I go to California. I always had a house in Palm Springs. And he had a he had already started Family Fitness Center. He had about a dozen clubs. And he said, look, I want to grow this everywhere. And he was a genius. He was he was he was my mentor up until last year when he passed away at age 94. He was he invented the life cycle. He invented the whirlpool. He's the first man that was ever indoctrinated into the fitness hall of fame. And he wanted to be my partner. And I was still, you know, 31 or yeah, about 31. And I wanted to keep learning from him. So he taught me a lot. And I became better at, at my at my profession, and we grew it to seventy two clubs, and that was that was exciting. So you and Ray partnered in that yes. and grew his chain to seventy two clubs, but then you went to Asia, yeah. and so tell me a little bit about that story. So those seventy two clubs were called Family Fitness Centers, and we sold and merged with a company called Twenty Four Hour Nautilus, and we changed the name to Twenty Four Hour Fitness. So it's a big club now. We've got about 110 clubs collectively. And uh, I'm one of the major shareholders, but I don't, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. And I didn't feel like working as a president, you know, suit and tie doing that. That's not me. And Ray had told me about Asia. I had never gone. He said, that's the mother load. So we take a, we take a trip and we land in Hong Kong. And what a landing it was. I mean, they changed that, but at the time, your ears were blocked for a, a, probably a week or two. And uh, I had jet lag, and I walked the entire island of Hong Kong. It's not a big island. And I saw the women especially, how well-kept they were. The Chanel bag, the Louis Vuitton, the Hermes. Everyone had a designer something. And I said to myself, this is it right here. I said, because Ray wanted to open up in the Philippines at low cost. And I had never been to the Philippines, but I didn't need to. I, I'm very instinctive. I'm not that, you know, I don't have PhD behind my name, but I'm very instinctive. I've learned to cultivate my gut. And I said, Ray, this is the mother load here. We're going to open up here first. That was in April, July, around July 15th. We started pre-sale on our 45,000 square foot club, heart of Hong Kong. And uh, never looked back. It was the most exciting period. Uh, it was so exciting, Jason, that I, I would get to the gym about 6 a.m. And I would leave about 1 a.m., go home, work out a little bit because it was pre-sale, have a bite to eat, shower. And I remember the first week on Sunday, I said, I haven't slept yet. I honestly didn't sleep for seven days on the adrenaline of what we were doing. We're it was a thousand U.S. dollars we were charging, five hundred uh, joining fee, and first and last two months at one hundred and twenty-five, about eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. In eight weeks, we pre-sold thirty-six hundred members with PT. We put, we took in four million, four million U.S. dollars before we opened. At lunchtime, we'd have a hundred thousand up. That lunch was a pretty good, a pretty good meal. Yeah. <laughs> And the investment was about four and a half million. We were in the black in the, on the 60th day. The whole thing was paid for. Incredible. Grand slam what? home run. So, so like, so there's a, there's a fitness center now on every, every corner. And yeah. I know you're, you're an investor in some of those 24 hour fitness was mentioned. Crunch yeah. is another one. UFC gyms are everywhere. Yes. Um, there's private, there's private, there's, there's a sport. 1440 something or another and there's burn boot camp Everything. there's all these different gyms yeah but but that wasn't the case in the 80s no. when you were doing this it was gold's gym you had the family fitness centers and that was pretty much it yeah. so 
is the do you consider one of the reasons you were able to pre-sell four million dollars and like that fast because the gym craze was just on the up it was on the up or was there something else to it no you're right you're right jason you know everything has a timing and jane fond had just come out with her videos uh there was a big story on madonna and yoga and how fitness and on my board of directors was Cindy Crawford. So when I opened up, can you, the number one newspaper in all of Asia is called South China Morning Post. You open up this newspaper. Remember, this is before the internet. This is what people would do for info. And it had a double page, full color, with Cindy Crawford saying, join my club. I mean, by, by lunchtime, we had over a thousand telephone information calls. And I knew, obviously, we hit a home run. The only clubs that they had, Jason, in all of Asia were in the hotels. You know, 500 square feet, three or four pieces of machine with dust on it this thick. And uh, so we hit it right on. A year earlier, maybe, you know, it was too early. And our rent in Hong Kong at that time was 250000 U.S. dollars a month. A month. What? Two hundred and fifty. Because the landlord didn't know who I was, we had to put in six months deposit, a million and a half dollars, four million dollars almost to build the the club, you know, and we, you better be right fast because 250 a month, you can't make too many mistakes. How how is that even, I I mean, that's expensive rent even for today. How in the world did he justify 250 grand, a quarter of a million a month in the 80s? It was one of those things that your heart tells you, this is it. You got to go for it, you know, and it was half my money, half Ray's money, but I, but Ray's in California. The day that I called him and I said, Ray, I found the trip, the best location in all of, in all of Hong Kong. He said, how much is it? And I said, $250,000. And he said, he was about 70 something at the time. He said, how did you get something that so cheap? And I said, a month, Ray, a month. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything for five minutes. I thought, get the defibrillators out. He's dead. And uh, yeah, because in California, we talk like that. 250K, that was the year. And he said, are you 100% sure? I said, I'm 100% sure. We had built up a really good relationship. He had to sign our our. our <laughs> Our personal guarantee was uh, 60 months times 250, so 15 million on the lease alone. And he was a lot richer than I was. So he said, if you believe in it 100%, you're going to work your ass off as you always do. You're, you know, I had already moved there, I had everything done. He said, okay. And he didn't even see the location until we had our grand opening. And I had the governor of Hong Kong, it was before the handover, cut the ribbon, and he gave such a fantastic speech, the importance of fitness. Everything clicked, Jason. Everything clicked. The universe wanted it. The government wanted it. The parents wanted it. The models and celebrities needed it. And it was just perfect timing. That's what happened. Wow. Wow. Wow, that is a spectacular story. Now you ended up selling, uh, selling that. Yeah. Gym, right? So we uh, you and we Ray opened up in Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, China. Partnered with Jackie Chan, and we in the third year, in that one year, so the twenty fifth month through the thirty sixth month, just that period, we did over a hundred million U.S. dollars in revenue with $39 million of profit in that 12-month period. I mean, whatever records were before, like we blew that. That's unheard of, you know. The average club in the States would make about 300000 You know, our average club would be making $3 million. And um, 24-hour fitness was, uh, there was a private equity group that, that partnered with everybody. It was called... McCowan Delu and they came out to Asia, made Ray and I an incredible offer. We took it. I was on the cover of the Wall Street Journal 
the week before my mother passed away, which was, I thank thank God for that. Cause you know, I quit school at age 14 and she couldn't believe that I'd ever, you know, do something with my life. And, uh, then we moved back to, uh, we sold it. I stayed out in Asia. We, I became again, a bigger shareholder in 24 hour and 24 hour sold to, uh, a, again, a different private equity group in, um, from New York. And Mark Mastroff is the founder of 24 hour fitness, uh, still a dear friend of mine. I'm the godfather of his daughter. He sold it. We turned down an offer. This is his genius. The year before from a very well-known investment banker, $1.3 billion. We, he turned it down because he thought we could get more. A year later, we ended up selling for $1.8 billion. And it was all his genius because, as, as I said, we were ready to, to sell at 1.3, which is a huge uh, win. We were selling at nine times cash EBITDA, which was almost double what the industry was. But we we had 475 locations and uh, we had about four million members taking in a billion revenue. And at the time, I I was in charge of 25,000 staff. I was in charge in about 10 different languages, 20 different countries. You know, you, you, you'd have these conference calls and I'd get off of it and I needed to sleep for a week. And <laughs> you had the Korean with their accent and their denomination. You got, you know, the Chinese and different than Taiwanese and different than the Thai bot. It was, it was a movie. It was like a Joe Cocker movie. <laughs> wow. So how did, so how were you able to do all of that. I mean, obviously we, we mentioned the timing and the timing is always one of the keys to everybody's success because timing is really, really important. But beyond that, what would you consider if you had to kind of distill everything that you were able to accomplish down to one thing, like this was the key that unlocked success to the tune of $1.8 billion in, in a, in an acquisition. What, what's that one thing, Eric, that you would say is this is my That's key a great question. And it's called passion. And I, P-A-S-S-I-O-N. I, when I got out there, I was like Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair, the, the, Woo! and that's what I was. <laughs> I, I merged the WWE with Club Med and hired the best PR company. And we had all the celebrities where the, the average member could, you know, drink from the same water fountain as Jackie Chan or, you know, that the equivalent. And we made it that our membership card was more powerful than a black American express card. As I said, the music, the everyone I hired, I didn't care about their education and I didn't care who they were before. And I didn't care about their mother or father or whatever. But when I interviewed them, if they had passion, I could say, I could see it in their eyes. They became a teammate and it was all passion. We believed in that we were, we had a noble goal, Jason, and the noble goal is for us was more important than a mission statement. And it was simple, changing people's lives through fitness and yoga. And people would say to me, you know, you're a Mr. Hard Sale. I had an hour long it was called managing asia the number one tv show in all of asia and it started with her saying instead of introducing me she introduced me by you're mr hard sell and i said well thank you my name's eric levine and thank you for having me on the show and it was one hour of her trying to get me you know why am i hard sell and i i said to her you're mistaking passion for selling why would i have to sell the magic pill that makes you feel better, makes you a better father, better mother, better teacher, better daughter, better son, better person, and make you healthy and happy. Why would I have to sell that? It's called passion. And that's the answer, Jason. Passion. Well, for those that uh, that are familiar to this show and listen a lot, they know that there are five keys to success that I talk about all the time This what the show is built on. And the very first key- there you go is passion. Very first key. So, and what's interesting about that is that passion is not just 
Yeah, it is being excited about something like Ric Flair. It's it's being amped up and excited, but the, that's emotional passion, and that's one part of it. But the other side is mental passion. Mental passion is the word passion. Going back to the root word of the Latin word passion, which means willing to suffer, and you were willing to suffer. You were willing to move to move and live in these places and start these clubs and take the risk and sign a quarter of a million dollar a month lease. That's suffer. That's willing to suffer. That is passion. So I love that your uh, that your one key to success is passion because it plays into everything I've talked about talked about on the show for right. almost three years now. So thank you for for doing right. that, even though right. you didn't know you were doing. That. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't set that up, people. That was this real thing. So how do you how do you Eric how do you define that word success? What does that mean well, to you? You know, it's it means a lot of different things in that context of what I did in Asia. Right now, my team are CEOs of the biggest companies throughout Asia. They have thousands of staff and hundreds of clubs. They're, uh, they became CEOs, not just in the fitness industry, in the entire lifestyle industry. They're multimillionaires. I could say that we have over a hundred multimillionaires that came uh, from college students or dropouts that showed up at my door and said, look, I don't have anything, but I have drive. I have passion. Boom. We hired them. We taught them. We, we brought them along. And success to me is in that context, how did my team do? I mean, I, I gave them as much training as I could. Where are they today? Where's your team today? I think every coach and every person that is in that capacity it's not about your success it's about how did you affect people's lives and they would show me houses that they bought for their mother or their father and I have hundreds of letters that I saved that just said thank you for saving my life let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might've used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor, this one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. -Y. 
Two whys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos that get responses, that people go, ooh, I wanna talk to that. If you wanna know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you, they'll write the captions, they'll add the relevant hashtags, they put it on the platforms that you care about the most, and after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts, to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes the headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. This is what I'm doing today. And members that would say, I was dying and my wife was going to divorce me. And I kept them. And when someone says to you, you saved my life. And they take the time to write that. You know, the tears come into your eyes. Your heart starts to open and you say, it's good, Eric, man, that's what it's all about. It's not about the money and all the stuff. That's wonderful. I'm totally into everything. And I'm crazy about that too. But when someone says you, you saved my life or I saved their daughter's life because they had enough money to do what they needed, your tears turn into your heart and you say, man, that's great. And that in that context is how I define success, Jason. It's making an impact on people's lives, yes. changing people's lives. So would you, based on that type of definition, would you consider yourself yes. to be a successful person? Yes. I mean, um, as an entrepreneur, we go up and down, up and down. We try to learn on the downs and I'm no different. I, I didn't have any, uh, you know, asbestos lining. I was always putting myself up front. And, you know, when you go to Asia, you have to learn the culture. Every country has a different culture. And what I didn't do properly is I was Ric Flair, too much Ric Flair. And I built the biggest house in Asia. You know, I had a 64,000 square foot beach house. If you Google Eric Levine's beach house, you'll see how mental I am. Uh, and I went crazy. I mean, I had the best of the best of the best of the best. And sometimes when you're a guest in a country, it's better to be more humble. Well, I had to learn that, you know. So success comes through, you know, with failure, success, failure, success. But to me, it's the people's lives that I did have a hand in changing for the better. So overall, I'm happy. So if we can take your years of experience and distill it down to a single piece of advice that you would give to other entrepreneurs, what would, what would you say that best piece of advice? Uh, there's a few key ones, but it's, you know, we spend so much of our life in in our in our careers you gotta love it you, you you can't fake it you know you've gotta love it because people can see your sincerity they can see if you're genuine you are the 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 logo you are the brand and you know branding is another you know we could do a whole show on branding and how to make your brand 
fly as as opposed to die, as of some of the mistakes we've seen today in 2023. I would say you have to be the brand. You have to love what you're doing. It's kind of like getting married. You know, you better choose your partner because you're going to be spending all your life with them. You've got to love what you do. And then the time flies. You're in the zone. You're in the flow state. And doors open for you. And find that that turns you on. That's the most important thing I, I would say. Wow. So what are you doing now? I mean, you obviously you don't need to work anymore. You've got more money than <laughs> you would ever be able to spend. You've, you've, you, 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 you and I are involved in some networking groups together, kind of behind the scenes, more of a, a, a behind the scenes stuff. But what are you doing today? Like what, what's keeping you busy? Uh, another today? great question, Jay. So like we're part of this uh, Bellwether Alliance group that is also like trying to change people's lives entrepreneur group it's a networking group and i'm working with them trying to even make it better it's the best people i've ever met the the one the glamour stock today in america because of all the absolute nonsense that's going on in this public schools in america i mean i really don't understand what's going on Uh, i'm not a left or a right i'm canadian so i'm not getting political here But with all the stuff that we've all read, we're scared to death to put our children in the public school system. And because of that, lots of investment money is coming into private schools in America. So I'm working with the, remember the movie, Jerry Maguire, Uh, Tom Cruise played that. Mm -hmm. I'm working with Lee Steinberg, who Jerry Maguire was Lee Steinberg. And we are putting together, we just, did a regulation CF, which just came out last week about the Lee Steinberg's sports Academy. And what we've done is we're creating this school, which is based on some pillars, entrepreneurship, which (laughs) they don't teach in school. They don't teach. They don't teach. They don't touch that. What's more important than learning about that entrepreneurship. We're teaching on it's the credo is athletes discipline. So what does an athlete do to become a superstar? And we have that baked into the curriculum. We have many top NFL, NBA people that are teaching in the curriculum how to be a warrior, how to learn about teamwork, how to take a loss and the next game make it a win. And the third thing is wholeness, being a whole person through yoga, meditation, breathing, and understanding your body, your spiritual side, your mind. And we're having this high school where these children are going to end up coming out with a warrior mindset, with an open heart, knowing how to take on the world, and having all the choices that you could possibly have. And that's what we're working on right now. And that's the legacy I want. I have an 11-year-old son, and that's what I want to give him, that we're actually changing children's lives now. And that's where I'm at now, and uh, I'm very excited about that. That that's that is really exciting. And I don't know if you knew this or not about me, but I I have a master's degree <laughs> I, in education. I, I know that you're before, you're one of the best teachers that I've ever seen. You're so organized. You stay on topic. When people leave your talks, they have something concrete to do. You know, usually I'm, I I I love the seminar. I walk away. I said, now what? I don't I don't remember anything. But when you teach, people remember. <laughs> Well, that's very kind of you to say that. I, I appreciate you saying that. But the reason I brought that up is that I, I have a heart for what that is you're doing. And I didn't know that part about what you're doing. If you'd ever said it in my presence, my apologies for not picking up on it. But but I, I really, I, I agree with you. Our, our public school system is broken, but I don't think it's just public. I think private school too. But I think our school system, the way we educate the kids today is broken. I mean, I, I saw a video online not too long ago and it, this guy was actually pretty clever. He showed a phone from you know, a hundred years ago, a car from a hundred years ago, uh, you know, all these things, these pieces of technology from a hundred years ago. And they said, this is what a classroom looked like a hundred years ago. And then now here's what a 
looks like today. So the phone has changed from 100 years. The cars have changed, but the classroom experience is still the same. So as a as a trained educator, I know there's a way that we can improve that. Not only did the political junk that our kids are having to put up with and all this woke BS and all this stuff they're pushing down our kids' throats is, that's insane. But beyond that, I think there's a there's a desperate need to change the way we educate kids. And so I applaud you for for leaning into that, investing, putting your money where your mouth is. And, and uh, if there's anything Thank I can you. do to help, I, that, I agree please, with what you just said, hundred percent. And it's 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 a white sheet. We have to start all over. It's like an Elon Musk type of thing. Like, what do they have to have upon graduation? Who are these people that we can actually make a difference? And why should I do that? And how do I feel about that? Yeah. And, with, you know, really get into their minds and their hearts because that's our future. We know there's a lot of stuff going on that we can't control. We can, and I'm not using the word control, give them the choices to be as great as they can be. You know, you mentioned earlier in our interview that yeah. you quit school at 14. So that's <laughs> about eighth grade. Yeah. Um, I taught eighth <laughs> grade. And so not that, not that we would recommend this, but you look at Henry Ford had eighth grade education. Um, you know, you've got Thomas Edison had what three formal <laughs> days of schooling in his entire life. Was one of the greatest inventors ever. And so there is certainly a minimum viable product yeah. that our kids need. <laughs> so we, we need something. We don't need nothing. We need something. But I think if, if people like you and, and maybe I could partner, if, if Lee Steinberg and that agency are working together, maybe we can figure out what is the minimum viable product. Let's figure out what do, what do kids have to have to go be successful and to create an impact in this world, just like you define success as creating impact. And then let's give options for yeah. the kids that want to dive deeper. There's always this argument about, well, why do I need algebra? Okay. Maybe you don't need algebra, but you need the skills of yeah. thinking throughout. That, that That's is what so you need, right. You know, my, right? my son, he's a gifted learner and gifted learners learn differently. It's not that they're, you know, so smart, but they are, they're a synchronistic. So my son can do, you know, can read grade 12 when he was five but he can't tie his shoes. So he goes to this gifted school, which in LA, there's three. So there's so many kids being misdiagnosed, give them the medicine because they can't focus. In fact, they're geniuses and they don't learn that way. So that's another close to my heart. So they had a Lamborghini. One of the parents left their Lamborghini. They spent an entire semester on the Lamborghini. What's torque? What, you know, what's thrust, what's horsepower, what's the distance that this thing can do in 3.4 seconds. And they learned all math. They learned about design. They learned their everything, history, all the way back to the first car, how that worked and the difference in the engine. They spent the whole semester on that car in the rain and the sun, breaking it all down. So that's what I'm saying. It's a white sheet. We got to start with imagination. Start it all over. Well, uh, congratulations, Eric, on all your success. I'm really, I'm really glad that we know each other. And I'm, I'm also very glad that we got to spend this time, although we've had some time one-on-one in the past, but not, not this deep. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today, to be on the show with me. Um, I appreciate you even <laughs> more pleasure. now than you Thank before you we that. started the show. And I, I really do think that there's certainly opportunities that we can work together, not only in Bellwether, but yes. other things that we're going to be doing together in this, in the community. So, but again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you being on the show. I look forward to seeing you again really soon. So uh, congratulations on all your success. And uh, thank you so much, Jason. I really had a Thanks. good time and uh, you're right. We'll do a lot of things in the future together. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur, this time to the tune of $1.8 billion, you know? And so we talked about what does it take for somebody like Eric Levine or like you to go, what's the minimum viable education that you need to become a billionaire? And so it's not as much as you think. I had coffee this morning with another uh, gentleman who listens to the show, who's working on his MBA. And I didn't, necessarily tell him not to go get his MBA, but I told him you'd be thinking about it. Cause it, do you need the MBA to be MBA to become successful as an entrepreneur? Well, Eric and thousands of other entrepreneurs like him dropped out of school. So it's not that you don't need it. 
Uh, it's not that it's not valuable, but maybe it's not as valuable or necessary as you might think. Our education system does need to be revamped, but um, but I love I love what Eric was talking about here about how that he's got a noble goal. Maybe that's something that you should look at putting in your business. He had changing people's lives through fitness and yoga. Maybe there's some noble goal that you could have in your business. But he mentioned that his key to success was passion. So don't forget passion as you attempt to chase success. And he said that he defines success by impact, how he's creating impact in other people. So how are you defining success? And I want you to also reach out to Eric. I want you to go to his website. It's Eric Levine Global. That's E-R-I-C-L-E-V-I-N-E Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com. EricLevineGlobal.com. Check him out. And if you want to reach out, he, he said that I could share his personal email address. So if you're interested in reaching out to him directly, it's ericlevine55. That's ericlevine55. Just use the numbers 55 at gmail.com. That's ericlevine55 at gmail.com. Reach out to Eric. He's a great dude, very approachable, easy to access, good to talk to, and as you can see, extremely successful. So thank you again to Eric for being on the show. I appreciate you for being here. I want to ask you to tune in again next week when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, remember, I am the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.